Welcome to the Pencil Skirt Society. It's Amy Bolding and Amanda Dalrymple. And each week, we're going to talk to women just like you and me who are building their businesses, improving their relationships, and working on themselves each and every day. That's right, and we're so happy you're here with us. Let's go ahead and get started. Hey, Amanda. Hey. What's going on? Oh my gosh, another week. We're through it. Um, we had some interesting stuff in our house this week, which we'll talk about here in a sec, but um, we're good. How about you? Yeah, I'm really good too. I mean, it's um, not snowing anymore. I'm happy about that. <laughs> and welcome back everybody also who's, who's been listening. As you guys know, it's been kind of a train wreck around here the last few days and a few <laughs> weeks, but thanks for coming back. We appreciate it. Oh, my gosh, yes. And, you guys, we have so much to celebrate this month. It is Women's History Month. Um, so we are obviously so, so, so excited about this. Um, you know, a lot of our podcast has to do with just empowering women to be, you know, their best selves. And we're going to be sharing some really awesome stories of just these incredible women. We're going to be sharing that on our page this month. So be sure to check it out, watch our stories, and connect with us on social to see that. Yeah, and you know what, I really, I thought of this earlier, I really want to hear about somebody in your life that's incredible. I know some of y'all have those crazy, you know, super mom, grandmothers, mothers, teachers maybe, um, you know, mentors, anybody that's inspired you, will you send us an email at pencilskirtsociety at gmail.com? We want to hear about that. Isn't that, I mean, don't you, Amanda, don't you want to hear about that too? Oh my gosh, totally. And I know that we have so many listeners. We have so many people who have come on as guests who are just, they're just so full of life and they empower everybody who they talk to. And we know that there's millions more out there that we haven't connected with yet. And we want to know, like, we want to know who inspires you in your life and who has made such a difference. We want to know. And, you know, maybe you're going to hear them on the Pencil Skirt Society one day. Yeah, we could even, like, read those stories on air. So I think we should yeah. do that the rest of this month. Yeah, like, whatever is inspiring to us, just we'll read them on air. So y'all send them to us. Um, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, I'm so excited. I can't wait to see what comes in. Um, I know. You know You know what, though? I'm so inspired what? by you. I'm so inspired by oh you. Oh, my gosh. Speaking of inspiring women. Um, Amanda's amazing, y'all. Obviously, you know that already. I've already talked about it. I've already brought her on, but she's just risen to the top of her business so quickly. I know we've got it. We always have to touch a little bit on our bond. Um, you've just been killing it, and I'm so inspired by you, and I love it. And you just had a huge bonus this week, right? Oh my gosh, you're just like the sweetest ever. Thanks for like always being my hype girl. I love that. <laughs> but honestly, you did like, for me. Yeah, you did for me. <laughs> Arvon, Arvon is just, I mean, honestly, it's just such a blessing for me because, um, you know, it's just brought me so much closer to all these, you know, we're talking about it this month is just powerful women. And that's what it's really brought me closer to. We, we literally have every kind of person in this company. You know, we have doctors and lawyers and stay at home moms and business owners. We have some neuroscientists. Like it is so crazy that we get to work with ladies like this every single day and learn from them. And that is what has been the best part for me is just, I get to learn so much from so many different ladies and different walks of life. Um, But seriously, thank you. I'm, I actually got, um, I'm in qualification basically to promote to the second of four levels with Arbonne and 
Oh my gosh, it all comes down to just my amazing team. I have amazing leaders that I look up to. And then I have this team that is right alongside me, girls and guys, and Amy is definitely included in this. But I think it all just comes down to I love what I do. You know, I love what I do. I believe wholeheartedly in it and in the products. And it just doesn't seem like work to me. And that's what really sets it apart from other companies, you know. So I love it. Thank you for saying that. I, I love it. Yes, I agree with you. And I love how you pointed out, you know, working around strong women, like strong, smart, gorgeous, literally some of the best women. Yes. Yeah, like I've ne- I've never even imagined, you know, that some of these women can exist. And, you know, they say you're the average of the circle of people that you hang around with. I yes. love that we're part of that. Yeah. Like, yes. Seriously. And Amy and I both, we are such like energy people. So we are constantly just trying to put ourselves in these places with the people who have the energy that we want to be around, you know, the energy, the attitude, all of that. That's what we want to be a part of. And that's what it is. So it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of Superwoman, uh, you just fought off the flu like for an entire week. Your whole family got it, right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. Okay. So. I have not had the flu forever, like for a very, very, very long time. And you think about it and you're like, yeah, I remember the flu being kind of sucky, but I don't remember it being that bad. And oh my God, it was awful. So it started with my three-year-old, my son, he came home from preschool and he was just like, yeah, I just don't feel good. But that was really it. And then the next morning, oh my gosh, he started getting sick, like flu sick. And it was just like every 30 minutes. And so then he got it and then I got it next, of course, because we're, you know, I'm taking care of him and laying with him in bed and trying to just make him better. And then my almost one year old got it and he, I mean, he didn't have it for as long, but oh my gosh, seeing an 11 month old baby with the flu is like the worst thing ever. Um, So then my husband never got it though. Like, isn't that crazy? So he, he got sick a couple of times and then that was it. It was like the extent, thank God. Um, but in the thick of my man, I was like, I have got to get better and take care of these kids. Like I cannot just be laying in bed all day. So I ended up going to urgent care. Um, thank God for modern medicine because, um, it really helped me feel better and kind of just get back on my feet. But this is such an interesting fact that my doctor told me and tell me if you knew this, he said the second person to get the sickness always gets it the worst. Did you know that? I had, no, I had literally never heard that, but Thinking back on it, like, okay, I'm going to knock on wood because, thank God, like, the flu has not hit yes. us. Phelan caught it once um, two or three years ago, and I literally, like, quarantined in her room like we're doing now. I'm all, you can't <laughs> see anybody. Don't think about anybody. Don't breathe out of anybody. I have, like, makeshift <laughs> masks. But, yeah, no, I've never heard that, and that is wild. Um, it's very but, scary. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, and you think about it, and I'm like, I did have it the worst, like, I was the second person to, get, person to get it. I had it the worst. And then it kind of just, like, tapered it off from there. And even, like, our babysitter, she got it, too. And, so like, oh, no. literally everybody who came into our house got sick. <laughs> it was just – it was so contagious and so awful. Um, so, literally, we are – we've been living off Pedialyte and Zofran <laughs> from the doctor. Oh, but we're, all, we're better now. We're better now. Like, everything is sanitized. Everything is washed. Like, we are – I think we're, knock on wood, back to normal. Well, thank God. And did they oh confirm it? Like, did you did you have to take one of those tests to see which? And and also, if you did, which one was it? Because you know, there's like two strains or whatever. Well, so no, which was really weird because everything's COVID, you know. So they were like, well, we're gonna test you for COVID, 
And I was like, okay, well, I saw that coming. And oh my God, you guys, have you got swabbed for COVID before? It sucks. Like, it is not comfortable. Um, some people I've talked to were like, oh yeah, it's just like a little nose tickle. But mine was like, I don't know. It was just, I cried after it was over. I'll just tell you that. <laughs> it was just so uncomfortable. Oh no. But they tested me for COVID. Um, it was negative. Um, and then they didn't really test me for the flu. It was pretty much just COVID. And then they said that the flu was going around my son's preschool. And so most likely that's where he ended up getting it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you, you know what the symptoms are. And so, wow, that's, yeah, and I've heard differing things. You know, I've heard, yeah, yeah, they just put, like, a little Q-tip in your nose, and I heard, like, they shoved it all the way down my throat. I thought, Oh, my gosh. You know, yes. like, it's a Amen. But. Yeah, that's exactly how it was for me. It was a lot. Wow. Well, I'm glad y'all are over it, and um, I know one of the things that helps you is the antioxidant shots, um, you know, just to keep your body, like, on the up and ups. And I know even with Kaylin, you know, like I said, when she got sick a couple of years ago, she had actually been at her dad's for two days. And then, um, you know, it started getting really bad. And he sent her to me, obviously, because I'm mom. Um, she's yeah. my oldest daughter. Me and her dad are co-parenting, for those of y'all that don't know. And um, one of the things that I started doing, like, immediately was I started just boosting her up with, you know, anti instead of antibiotics, antioxidants um, and because at that point it was too late to give her Tamiflu or anything like that. And um, what else did I use? I've sent you this stuff before, but I, I'm not going to even try to pronounce it on air. It starts with an O. Osta- Ooh, I don't. I'm, I'm lying. I'm try- I said I wasn't going to say it. It's, it's <laughs> no, you know. It's like a French medicine. And, it's, and I started her on antioxidants as well. And we could not get her fever down, and then I started her on that, and then, like, within a day, it was, like, night and day. So I know that helps, so I want to order some for myself, too, because, you know, it just helps your body, you know, your immune system fight off stuff and hopefully keeps you from getting sick, you know? Oh, my gosh, I know. And, like, my husband swears by zinc. Like, when he feels just a little bit sick, he'll start taking zinc and um, in those antioxidant shots, there's zinc and selenium, and so it really, really does help fight off, like, the cold, um, and so, like, cold symptoms, and so he'll take that, and even me, too, like, I will start taking our anti- antioxidant shots, like, very religiously, and um, we, we end up not, not getting sick, and so we'll feel it coming on, take one, and then we're fine the next day, and it's, like, a miracle worker, so we swear by that stuff. Okay, so... You mentioned zinc and you mentioned selenium and he might be onto something and maybe that's why he didn't get sick. So that's weird that you say that because I literally just, I mean, I had heard of selenium before. I knew it was something that was good for our bodies, but I didn't, you know, really know much about it, you know. So um, obviously y'all know I have animals on the farm and I have started using something called diatomaceous earth in their food. Um, because it's supposed to be a natural way of uh, ridding them of parasites. But then I was also looking into oh, it wow. and it also like, yeah, it's like a, it's a mineralized or fossilized clay or something like that. Anyway, and it ca- contains zinc and selenium. And I just kind of started doing some research on it because I kept seeing these holistic like natural farmers saying to go that route instead of using, you know, normal um, methods of you know, deworming your animals. So anyway, I started looking it up and this is kind of crazy. It actually contains zinc and selenium and zinc and selenium are like 
Philip said, you know, one of the things that keeps you from getting sick and also helps your body fight things off, but it also helps your body like naturally produce collagen and naturally produce the white blood cells, the things that, um, you know, actually repair your body. And then also Mm -hmm. I get a little deeper into it. People actually ingest the the food grade diatomaceous earth um, to get rid of parasites as well. And I read it. I read some statistics. I can't, I couldn't even tell you where it was from because I was so deep in the wormhole. Something like 77% of us all have like parasites of some kind in our body. Oh my God, that's terrifying. Yeah, because they get on your like fruits and vegetables and, you know, you just kind of pick up like microscopic parasites and um, it causes a lot of issues. You know, um, sometimes people will have a super clean diet and they still have dietary issues and there's just all these things. So y'all should look it up, but it's, it's kind of cool because what it does on the animals and it's also um, a flea medicine a natural flea medicine. So if y'all have animals, um, because I know in Corpus, when we lived in Corpus, we could not keep the fleas off the animals and we would like pay top dollar for the flea medis- medication that was supposed to last a month and like two weeks in it wouldn't work. I wish I would have known oh about gosh. this then, but it has something in it that like breaks down the skeleton of parasites. And so when you ingest the uh, the food grade version, it actually helps kill parasites it has zinc it has selenium it helps build collagen so if you're trying to get like healthy nails healthy hair i mean i'm not recommending it guys i'm not a doctor or anything I'm just saying, like, <laughs> this was the wormhole i got into and so i'm gonna try it I, I tried it two days ago and it's basically like drinking like a flavorless dirt but it also cleans your gut out it works as like a scrubber of your gut too. oh my god that's know, crazy yeah, it's interesting. It's very interesting, and it's been around for like ever. It's been like um like a secret, I guess, forever supposedly. And um, anyways, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I would love to just like be sitting next to you when you go down those wormholes, and and just like know what's going on in your mind when you read this stuff. I would love it. But what I what I do is I watch like I don't watch a ton of TV. When I do, I'm on YouTube, and I'm usually trying to learn about something. And so I started watching something about chicken eggs because we get we just got our first egg y'all this week, and I was so excited. Yeah, and I was just trying to figure out because it had taken so long, and I was trying to figure out what we were doing. So that's how it started, and it said, you know, one of the things you have to look out for is like, like if your eggs are dirty, that means you might have um, worms. And oh my gosh, there's turkeys outside my yard right now. Oh my gosh. Hanging out with my That's chickens. so cool. Oh, yeah, I saw my chickens out of my window. I'm sorry, guys. I got distracted. There's like four of them, and they're just like walking. They're hanging out with my chickens. What What in the world? Well, they're probably anyway. hungry. <laughs> I mean, I guess so. They're probably over there getting into stuff. Anyway, so that's where I got into it. But, yeah, if you get me started on a wormhole, like sometimes I try to go to bed early, but like during the weekend, you know, I'll get I'll get deep into those wormholes. It's pretty fascinating. Yeah, and I know that, like, um, back on the subject of selenium, like, we eat a lot of nuts, like Brazil nuts, walnuts, those things have really good sources of selenium in them, and then, like, there's a lot of fish, like, saltwater fish, like tuna, cod, um, red snapper was one, I think herring was one, and then, like, chicken and beef, 
and grains. Like all of those are really, really good sources of selenium. So we try to eat that too. And we're not feeling when, you know, you feel like the icky's coming on. We're like, okay, let's beef up, you know, our saltwater fish or nuts or whatever that looks like. So just a little helpful hint. Wow, that's so weird. I had no idea. Um, I'm sorry. I just had to get up for a closer look. So if my sound changes, <laughs> that is so wild. They're huge too. There's literally four of them out there and it's blowing my mind. Um, I want turkeys. Like I want pet turkeys. That's that's the next thing that I want to get. And they're kind of neat looking. They've got like white heads. It's weird. Um, and I feel like they're way yeah. bigger in real life than what people think. Yeah, they're they're towering over my chickens right now and I they're too far for me to go get a picture and if I go out there right now my baby goats are going to go crazy so I can't take a picture but if I do get a picture I'll put it on the gram but um yeah I had no idea and I didn't I didn't know that about nuts like I did not even um look into it that deeply about it being you know in in the nuts and the meat so that's cool that's really good to know and I am definitely going to start paying more attention to stuff like that because I'm not obviously trying to get sick around here. Mamas can't get sick. No, that's not fine. No. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, mama, mama can't hold down the fort, but uh-uh. yeah. Yeah, because then that's once you happening. get up, that you've got, uh, <laughs> Yeah, once you get up, you've got like 13 piles of laundry that need to be done and dishes for days. Oh. And yeah. I mean, well, unless you know y'all are when lucky. your kids are sick. Your kids are sick and all they want is mom. You know, they're just like, I want you to hold me and I want you to cuddle me. And you're like, oh, my God, I feel terrible. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah mama can't be sick. Because you you can't do anything. You know, you're helpless. And you know you would take it on in a heartbeat. And then it's, like, even worse when you have taken it on and you are sick. And then you're just not your full potential. Because that's sometimes the only thing that does make it better is just hugs from mom. And like you said, when you're sick, it's you don't – it's just – bad it's bad news so I'm glad oh my gosh I know me too it was miserable miserable but we're good we're good now well one of the things that I have always been paranoid about is water and my children and I'm super paranoid at birthday parties and you know especially if there's a pool around or anything like that or you know even if we're just hanging out at the river I'm like eyeballing everybody's children because I'm like so afraid of children drowning it's um yeah. something that is so scary and I'm so glad that we got to talk to Hayden this week um again she's one of your really good friends um you've got some super women that you know and I can't wait to hear from her because again this was just one of those episodes that blew my mind I'm so thankful for her as a person and I'm so thankful that there's people like her that exist because she teaches young children how um, how to swim and how to do survival swim. So I'm excited about that. Oh my gosh, I know. And I tell her all the time, I'm like, you don't know how many lives you're saving. Like this is insane. And she, again, she is just this woman who lights up a room. Um, whenever she walks in it, she is so nice. She's hilarious, um, which you guys will kind of find in the interview. She's so funny. But she is teaching, and she can teach anywhere from six months up. She can even teach adults. Um, But she teaches them how to um, survive in the water if they were ever to have a water emergency. And the really cool thing that you guys are going to hear from her is, you know, it doesn't just happen in the summertime. Um, It doesn't just happen in pools. It can happen in a lot of different situations and scenarios. 
And so I am so excited for you guys to hear her interview. Um, you will not want to miss this, especially if you have uh, little kids. Yeah, that was something that when she said it in the interview, it really struck me like, oh, my gosh, I've never thought of that. I've never thought. Um, actually, there were a few things that she said. So I think we should go ahead and jump into that episode. You guys are going to love it, especially mamas, because um, this is such an important topic. And she really does share some tips um, and just some ideas and concepts that I never thought of before. So I'm excited. I'm excited. Let's go ahead and jump into that interview. What do you say? Let's do it. Here's Hayden. Welcome. We're so excited for you guys to be listening today. We have a good one for you. We have Hayden Wooten here. She is the lead instructor, owner, founder of Tiny Fin Survival Swim out of Springfield, Missouri. We're so excited that you're here, Hayden. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to be joining you guys. Yeah, so I, I mean, I think I think I can speak for all parents when I say that kiddos are an important topic, right? Um, and I think that all parents have kind of heard about survival swim at some point in their lives, but probably, you know, I've heard some parents say it's not for me or, you know, I'm always around my kids when they swim or just other various things. So tell us a little bit why you think every child needs survival swim lessons. Well, the reason I think that is the leading cause of death, um, the leading actually cause of accidental death in children ages one through four is drowning. And with that statistic, if your child can move and get near a pond or a river or a lake um, or a pool, then every child needs to know how to save themselves from um, the water. Yeah, so not everything is just a swimming pool emergency. It, it can be a pond. It can be a bathtub. It can be anything along those lines. Totally agreed. Um, what kind of inspired you to start this business in the first place? Um, I actually, my best friend had a one-year-old, and she was looking in our area um, for this type of lesson. Um, she actually posted in a mom's um, face group. And I just saw the response and the need. And at that time, I had a toddler myself, and I was really interested in it as well. And I saw the need, and I really started doing a lot of research about this type of lesson and drowning. And a lot of the information I did not know about. I didn't know the statistics. Um, so it was something that I really started researching and once I did that, I just felt really called to do it. So I researched um, training areas, and I went and got my certification and came back and started this business. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I didn't even think of, like, like you were saying, like the bathtubs and streams and ponds and yeah. all of that. It just scared me to death because we, we don't have a pool, but there are a lot of rivers in the area where I live and I just thought about it and I was like oh my god thank god mine know how to swim because that never even crossed my mind yeah and most accidents don't happen just so at a I'm, pool normally with their parents sitting right there watching them yeah yeah that's um, terrifying how does it work though like so how do you is it muscle repetition is it just is it movements that you teach or Explain to us um, like, a gist of how it works. 
So the children sign up for a six, it's six weeks and it's Monday through Thursday every day for 15 minutes and we do the same um, repetitions with them over and over. So their body, we work off of muscle memory, so their body memorizes the movement and they memorize um, what to do. And it's really fascinating um, to watch, especially, you know, just the progression of the lessons. Oh, my goodness. And and do they know automatically most of the time to hold their breath, or is that something that's taught? Um, in the first week, um, I always tell parents the first week doesn't look like we're doing much, but what we do is we really hone in on breath control um, so we don't blow in their face and put them under the water. Um, they do go under the first day. Um, we watch them very closely. We watch how they take on water. Most kids will close their mouth. They'll spit out the water or um, they will swallow it. So after a week of really concentrating on their breath control, then within a week or two, if we feel like they've really got it down, then we progress them, but we don't progress them until we know that they're going to go under the water and not just inhale it, that they know how to handle that water being in their face and how to react to that. Oh my goodness. I can imagine that it probably differs by age, but are they usually pretty excited about it or more scared or, you know, what's, what's the common mood around this with, with new babies coming in or new children coming in that have no experience swimming? Um, it really just depends. Um, parents will always say, I'm really surprised how my child handled it. Some kids, it doesn't fade at all. Um, there are tears a lot and parents coming into these lessons know that their child is going to cry. Um, we have a very gentle approach. We have toys. We're very calming and soothing with the children. Um, there's a big difference between separation anxiety and having a fear of not knowing what we're going to do or know me as a person or a child who's terrified. So we really read the child and go at the pace for them that they need, you know, the pace that for what they need. Um, so we kind of just, if we feel like a, a child is really terrified, we might move at a much slower pace than a child who's just fearful. But um, with the repetitions that we do, after the first week, they know what to expect and they start preparing for what we're going to do next. We also are very, we have a very gentle approach and we have toys. So if we feel like a child is upset in a certain area, we'll stop, take a break from that task, play with a toy and go back to a new one. I'm sure that, I mean, I'm just thinking for myself that a lot of times the parents are more scared than the actual child <laughs> because I can totally see that happening, right? You know, your your kid's going underwater and they're coming up crying and it seems really scary. But I think the cool thing to remember is that you are teaching your child something that could save their, like literally save their life. Um, so on the parent side of it, and I, I know I can speak for Amy and I, what feedback have you got from parents about the lessons? Have you had any stories where, um, you know, a kiddo has taken your course and it has literally saved their life? Yes. And as far as like the parents 
you said it's more, it is harder on the parent actually than it is the child. And that's why we always try to talk through the lessons with the parents. Um, we always say that these lessons are for every child. Um, maybe not every parent, but every child needs <laughs> these. Um, so I, in my training, I did teach a little girl, um, and probably about six months later, her mom had shared with me that she was running by the pool and she tripped. Um, she caught the corner too closely and she tripped and she fell in and she just rolled right to her float and just stayed there. Oh my gosh. Until they got her. So, yeah. So, um, oh my gosh. we do every scenario of fallen to make sure that they're really safe and they know how to, you know, do it really well. So, And I know that we were talking about, you know, how pool, it's not just a swimming pool. You know, it can be rivers, streams, bathtubs, toilets. I mean, it can be anything. Um, and so we know that those kiddos, they put a lot of trust in you. They see you every day for six weeks. Do you, uh, you know, on a personal level, do you tend to get pretty attached to them? I do get very attached to them because I see them every day for six weeks. And then normally they come to me once a week after that six-week period for refresher lessons. So I've really gotten close to a lot of families um, and a lot of the kids. And I love when I have a child who's been upset and crying for a month, just come in one day and just tell me all their stories in gibberish. And I can't understand, but it's so rewarding <laughs> my day and I absolutely adore these children I can only imagine like I kind of view you as like a superhero like I can't oh, even. Yeah. how long have you how long have you been doing this um I have been doing this a year in October and I just hired my another instructor and she's amazing as well so oh my god I can't imagine yes. how many lives that you're saving. And this makes me so excited because it's awful when you hear those stories. It's awful. That's amazing that yes. you saved her. And like, oh, it makes me want to cry. I'm so happy. Yeah. I'm very blessed that I was able to do this and that I was able to bring this to our community. Yeah, that's amazing. Oh, my gosh. So, so typically, how long do you spend in a class? Is it a pretty short class or pretty long or? Um, they're 15 minutes, um, and we tell parents the reason for that. A baby, it's like a 30-minute workout for a to an infant. A toddler, it's just enough to hold their attention span. So it's 15 minutes. It's really quick in and out, and um, we just move on to the next kid. We teach about 26 kids a day right now. That that's awesome that you keep them short and sweet because I I can't imagine that it's traumatic if you draw that out. You know what I mean? Like I'm sure yeah. that the 15 minutes really helps both parents and baby. I'm sure it's kind of hard for the ones that want to stay and play, but also good because they're not, you know, spending a long time in that zone of, you know, trauma and being afraid. Yeah, it's a perfect amount of time, and it normally wears them out, so the parents are thankful because their kids take longer naps during the day for them afterwards, so <laughs> kind Amen. of a win-win. <laughs> and we know, too, I know that in talking to you before we actually recorded here today that, you know, summer, a lot of parents believe that summer is the season that they need to get these lessons done. You know, it's it's summer, it's the swim, swimming season, that's when we're going to be at the pool, 
Um, but we also know that drowning, I mean, drowning doesn't really have a season, right? So we know that you teach them fully clothed. We know that you teach them in swimsuits. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, we always say any time is the best time for lessons because drowning knows no season. Like you said, um, we do have have them do their survival test fully clothed with shoes, a winter jacket on, because we want to know if they fall in that pool fully clothed that they'd be able to complete their survival skills task. Um, we always say fall, winter are the best, create the strongest swimmers because they get the task. And then we can just keep building and improving and turning them into a really strong swimmer versus starting in the summer, which is what everyone wants. Um, it just gives them a head start. So that way they're not learning during the summer. They're really, you know, they're a lot safer when the summer starts. So so smart. I would, I literally wouldn't have even, that wouldn't have popped into my brain. That's so smart. Is that a technique that you did you do training, or how did you did you learn about it? Was it something that you grew up doing, or uh, how did you get involved with teaching children how to swim, and how did you learn about it? Um, well, I um, I grew up in Florida, so we lived on the water, and my grandmother lived right across the street from a beach. So I've grown up swimming my whole life. Um, my older two learn how to swim very quickly because we've always lived where there's a pool. My toddler at the time, it was very fearful, um, and when I got into this, I had to be trained by a certified trainer. So I actually went to Oklahoma. I live in Springfield, Missouri right now. Um, I went to Oklahoma for six weeks for training. Um, I went on Sunday evenings, came back on Thursdays um, for six weeks. So I did training Monday through Thursday. And I came home on the weekends for six weeks, and I trained with um, Megan Bachman out of Oklahoma Swim Academy. She's absolutely amazing. Um, and we taught children who had never had lessons. So I taught 13 kids every day from the very beginning to the end, and it was very rewarding. Well, thank oh God you gosh. did. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Now, what if somebody, let's say, like myself, I live in a very rural com community. Um, what if somebody doesn't have access to a, a trainer? What would you tell them? Are, are there any tips or anything that you can recommend that they can do with their own children? Um, yes. Um, honestly, um, well, first, if you do live in a rural community, these lessons and teaching these lessons are coming, becoming in high demand. So we're hoping we will have a ton of people who want to teach these lessons. I would definitely um, try to find an instructor near you, but the biggest thing if you can't find an instructor um, is swimming your kids to the steps, face in the water at all times in a horizontal position, um, and then swimming them out to you in a horizontal position. So just really working on getting their face in the water and keeping floaties and puddle jumpers off off of them at all costs, except on a boat, at a lake, or at the beach, definitely. And the reason why I say that is um, puddle jumpers, and I did not know this before I started um, really researching this, but it keeps them in that drowning position, and it keeps their head up, and when they panic, 
that puts them in that vertical position. So everything we do, we want them to be in a horizontal position for swimming. That, that is terrifying because I know so many parents who use puddle jumpers, like myself included, before I knew any of this. And for those of you listening who aren't sure what a puddle jumper is, it is like the little floaty for your kiddos that goes around their arms and then around their chest as well. Um, it has a strap that hooks on. So that's kind of what Hayden's talking about when you're in that um, that vertical position. You can yes. send them to the steps, just face in the water. Get them used to that water and just do it all the time. And just really work with your child in the water. And is there a way to, and I don't know, so is there a way to do this, like a, a this type of class virtually? Can you, is that a thing? Um, no, it's a very hands-on and it's very ten, um, technique and troubleshooting um, mm -hmm. because in lessons, it's such a process through this training. Um, a child, it's so hands-on and um, a child could do something in week two that they never did in week one or vice versa. And there's so much troubleshooting that um, there's really no way to do it. Um, unless it was hands-on with an infant. Okay, yeah, that oh, makes gotcha. total sense, especially when you're working with that muscle memory, I would imagine. Yeah, and every child is so different, and they're, you know, sometimes little kids, they just do fun, cute little quirky things, and then we just got to work through that and troubleshoot. So there's no way really to do it without, um, you know, really sure. working with the child. Yeah, that makes total sense, for sure, especially because they're so unpredictable. I mean, children are, like, off the wall right Oh, now. yeah. So I know earlier, Hayden, you were talking about the swim, float, swim sequence. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what it means? Um, yeah, so the swim, float, swim sequence is when um, it's typically a child ages two or older. Um, it's when they are on their float. They um well, let me back up. We teach children the safest place in the pool is on their float and obviously the edge of the pool. Um, and I will share something I hear all the time from parents is, well, my child knows how to get to the edge. Well, your child doesn't always fall in at the edge or close to the edge. Um, so, you know, we teach them to roll to their float. Um, that is where they can rest, relax, breathe, get air, they can flip over to swim, and then they can roll to their float, and then flip over to swim again. So um, infants who start out, they start out learning how to roll to their back, um, but once they really have their float, then we start flipping them over when they're um, walking um, to do that swim, float, swim sequence, and then we just build that stamina in them to swim stronger and further, um, and then we highly recommend keeping them in lessons until they can swim, float, swim across the pool. That's something, I mean, it's, it's crazy how specific that it is and how I can really like visualize how helpful that is and how it can train their brain to really pick up on those habits. Um, okay, so this is kind of a two-parter question. How early can somebody start their child and also is it ever too late to learn how to swim? I mean, can you still teach adults how to swim, or is it kind of one of those things that's harder to do as an adult? Um, so the first part of your question, we start at six months and up. 
Um, so six months, we will start teaching your child. Um, it's never too late to learn. Um, and shockingly, I have a lot of parents that don't know how to swim, but they want their child to learn. Um, I actually taught a 30-year-old male last fall how to swim, um, and I am teaching his son and his soon um, to they have another one on the way, so I have him on my schedule as well, but it's never too late to learn how to swim, um, and we can teach an adult as well, and we're absolutely thrilled to teach, you know, anyone, honestly. I think I actually have um, a 65-year-old lady on my schedule. We had to postpone due to COVID, but she will be taking lessons from me and learning how to swim at the age of 65, so I think that's absolutely amazing. Oh, my gosh. That is amazing beyond words. You are saving so many lives, Hayden. And, I mean, talk about a difference maker, you guys. She's out there. She's doing it. Um, Hayden, what, what's one thing you wish everybody knew about drowning? Um, the one thing I wish everyone knew is drowning is preventable. Um, it's not like in the movies where they're thrashing of arms and yelling help. It's so silent. Um, and it happens so quickly. Which is also terrifying. And y'all need to get your kids into survival swim for that reason alone. I know that, you know, speaking for Amy and I, just listening to all of this, it really makes you think twice about even the littlest things. Like Amy said, she has, you know, rivers and streams around her property. And, and just things like that make you really think about it. So, Hayden, thank you so much. Um, let everybody know, where can we find you on social media? Well, thank you for having me. Um, I am on social media on Facebook, um, Tiny Fin Survival Swim, and on Instagram as well at Tiny Fin Survival Swim. Awesome. And if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, um, would that be the best way to connect is through Instagram or Facebook, or do you have a website? Um, yes, I also have a website. It's um, www.tinyfinsurvivalswim.com. Yes, definitely. Thank you, and I'm blown away. Like, I, I'm i just so thankful that oh there's gosh. people like you that are out there that are teaching babies how to swim because it's, you know, like I said, it's, this is, it's an awful thing when it happens, and it's totally preventable, and I'm so thankful for you and for your time oh, well, today. You. Yes, and y'all go get in touch with Hayden if you're in the area, and if you're not, please do make sure to connect with a trainer and get them babies swimming. All right, y'all have right. a good day. Thanks so much for having me. Yes, ma'am. Thanks, Aiden. Bye. Well, it's it was another amazing episode. Uh, let me tell you, they they just get better and better, and wow. I know. Like, what else can you say besides wow? She she's saving lives. She is educating people on what could happen what has happened unfortunately to people in the past and how it could be prevented and that is so so important yes again i am so thankful for her kind of people that really you know they they teach children how to save themselves and she like you said she's saving lives so thank y'all for listening if you love the episode please do give us a review if you're listening on listening on apple or on google play it really means the world to us that you're here and that you're following this journey 
follow us on social media at the Pencil Skirt Society. We're going to be honoring women's history uh, this month, all month. And so if you want to see some cool quotes and some cool women to inspire you, just keep an eye out. We're going to be posting some cool stuff. We are, and we're actually going to get a little bit personal with it. That's your only hint that you're going to get this week. But um, thanks again, guys, for tuning in. We are your hosts, we're Amy and Amanda. We're going to catch you next week. And remember, guys, a good podcast should be like a woman's skirt, long enough to cover the subject, short enough to create interest. That's right. Bye, everybody. Bye.